Hi, everybody. Uh, it is, this is Will back with Half Pass Out Podcast. Christian just called me an angel. Um, That's because I love you, Will. But we're back. Uh, we have Christian and Hunter here today. We'll talk about some watches. And uh, we have a few cool uh, themes for today. But for the most part, uh, talking about kind of the, the perspective value of a watch. Um, Christian, you want to get into that a little more? Uh, sure. First off, I, it should be important to know, Will is, again, drinking tequila. <laughs> it is vanilla liqueur tequila or whatever the hell it is. It's not very good. I would like to state that. I'm out of class A as well. It's a problem. Um, we'll figure it out. But for now, I am drinking more tequila. Listen, you guys expect this. And it's consistency is key. Hunter, are you drinking your strawberry tequila? What do you have to drink? Last week I had Chick-fil-A. That's not true. You know, I, I did <laughs> thinking about bringing out that strawberry tequila. Still have it. That's Still gross. Have it. Don't do that. Really um, gross tequila. Never recommend strawberry nasty. tequila. <laughs> yep. Let me tell you. It's the move. It's good. He's the only person that thinks so, that. Hey, if I was the only one, they wouldn't sell it. Regardless, uh, I am not drinking that tonight. Uh, I am drinking. I, admittedly, I stole this from Christian, so uh, I am drinking the Wild Nectar Hard Juice Strawberry. Ooh, excellent Guava. choice. So hey, yeah, no. Thanks, New dr- Belgium. Truly, yeah, I, I think that's what it was. It's from New Belgium. Uh, let me tell you, this stuff. I'll, I'm going to be done with this can in the first two minutes of the episode. That's nice. why they come in six packs. I actually think they're four packs. I don't know. But <laughs> hopefully there's plenty. <laughs> well, this is the first time we've all been on a uh, pod together. All three of us anyway. It's either – I think I've always been here, unfortunately, to our listeners. But um, it's Christian. Yeah, you're a you rock. Know, did have a kid. <laughs> and uh, Hunter was preoccupied at the uh, beginning of the inception of this, if you will. So. Yeah. Kid is with me today, by the way. If uh, anybody's keeping up with our Instagram or anything like that, if anything's shaky or blurry, I've had a kid strapped to my chest for every photo for <laughs> weeks. So, <laughs> cut me some slack. <laughs> I won't cut you any slack, but I do appreciate the post. It's, it's pretty enjoyable to see and uh, a little heartwarming knowing that uh, baby Harper's Yeah, a little baby so. Renaza. We got to get I your watches it. on the Instagram. Hunter, you just got a new watch since you were on last you know, uh, ever since I started watching the uh, the podcast and obviously getting uh, invited, I have made many purchases. Um, so I, I blame you two for both of those. Um, but yeah, no, I did pick up. A, I took advantage of the Prime Day deals, uh, as one does. Uh, but yeah, I picked up a, a classic Timex Weekender. Um, nice. And it was the uh, gray and orange uh, strap that sold me. Um, but yeah, no, pick, pick that one up, uh, relatively recently. Um, and I've been rocking that one on my casual weekender days. Ooh, classy. Hunter. I like it. It's a nice touch. Will, what are you wearing right now? Uh, I Watch am wise. wearing, I, I'm wearing the locker today. I felt what I wanted to go automatic. So I'm, uh, ripping that today and it's just, uh, the newest piece and the impulse buy of the of the pod for me. I know I'm not quite uh, 
with we'll Hunter and uh, Christian, who I, actually Hunter might just be tied with me at one, but Hunt, Christian's really shooting for the stars. Multiple purchases. I have bought so many goddamn watches. <laughs> I do love that. And hey, I'm I'm now down to 18 watches in the collection. So really trimming it down. We're going to get to a tight 15, I think. I think that's uh-huh. a reasonable number. Yeah. I think tight 20 sounds better, Christian. It does yeah. sound better. Like, just say All right. No, tight, tight 20. 20. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Well, we'll bump that up then. I'll go pick up two more watches. Yeah. <laughs> give, your, give yourself some wiggle room, you know? Yeah. yeah. Tight 20. I think two grail pieces really would be nice. Yeah. What is the, what's the perfect number of watches for you guys? Because I have way too many. That's for sure. I don't I'd, know if I'd go over seven, eight maybe, but I'm, if I don't include like the Apple Watch and I have a like a random Iron Man thing roll uh, kicking around somewhere, yeah. not including those, like individual like kind of hobby watches for lack of better words, uh, uh, somewhere between five and seven for me. Yeah, I think. I think if you're starting a collection, obviously everyone talks about, you know, what your core three would be, right? And they usually kind of go based on, like, function. Okay. Um, And so, like, I think if that's where you are in your journey, then yes, like, that is, like, the beginner portion. Um, I do think um, the tight 20 is is certainly, (laughs) as much as it has a ring to it, it's not for everybody. Um, That's the new hashtag we're going to start putting up, tight 20. Height twenty, yeah. No, I uh, I think I'm I'm probably close to the, the twenty mark as well. Because um, you and like admit, me, you also did a subscription, right? I did do a subscription. I think I chatted about it uh, a number of mm. episodes ago. Um, I did the Watch Gang slash Wrist Mafia. Can't even remember which one it was. Um, but realistically, that was a great opportunity to figure out what I like, what I don't like. Um, and I actually. Yeah. Um, kind of did my own coal within my collection and said, you know what, after seeing all of these and wearing them, seeing what feels good and looks good on the wrist, I actually identified like five watches that I was like, you know, these might, these might need a new owner here pretty soon. So I think if you get to that tight 20, you really got to be an aficionado. Um, <laughs> but I, I certainly think that three, if you're going to consider it, quote-unquote collection then that would be your minimum i do think will is pretty darn spot on with that five to seven estimate i like um, that number a lot but yeah if, i don't if know if want, i could ever get there but you know i think i think that the tight 20 method gives you quite a lot of flexibility um exactly. so there's watches come and go certainly uh <laughs> certainly a, a vote in in that realm from me as well well, thank you for the validation. I pre- <laughs> this is why I'm here to buy more watches and to rationalize owning two dozen watches. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. So, Hunter brought up the idea of uh, auction watches the other day because what was the Paul Newman Daytona that sold a few years back for what seventeen and a half million? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it, it was a uh, it was a Paul Newman Daytona. Um, and it, it sold for seventeen seven five, I believe. Yeah, um, but it was the, the Paul Newman 
worn by Paul Newman, so it, it makes sense why it would go for such a high amount. Um, but yeah, no, it's like the third highest um, auctioned off piece of all time, and that was yeah. in 17. Damn. Yeah. So who is Paul Newman? Does anybody know? I've heard the term thrown around in like watch culture. I have no idea. He, who Paul he Newman makes is. Uh, salad dressing, right? Oh. Yep. The well, guy. good for him. Newman's Salad own. dressings and Rolexes. <laughs> yeah, um, I think he's best known for his. I think um, he's an actor. I'm pretty sure, like an old, old actor. But <laughs> oh well, he did actually recent work in the movie um, Pixar's Cars. It's Who almost twenty years old. Hey, not Just... for me. I've seen Cars probably a million times this past year. It will always be fresh in my mind. Oh, too funny. Let's see. Oh, he was in Cars, but only the first one. They couldn't get him for the sequels, which yeah. are the better Cars movies. Oh, undoubtedly. Oh, Doc Hudson. <laughs> Neat. That will probably never come up again in my life, but it's good to know. I like keeping that close to the chest. I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, he, he's a, a world-renowned actor. He did a bit of film directing, and then notably, and kind of why he's... Uh, known in the watch culture is uh, I think Will chatted on it, but race car driver. Um, and so, oh. you know, his uh, his impact on that uh, industry and world um, kind of transcends both racing and the world of watches. Um, and yeah, no, that that's kind of what got us thinking about some of these auctioned off pieces um, and just thinking on what, what are the most expensive ones? What are the most unique ones? And were there any like record years? What types of auctions are there? Um, and so that's that's what kind of sparked some of the interest here for this this week's episode. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I did. I, the only real auction outside of like Christie's and Sotheby's, like the auction houses, the only like specific watch auction I know of is only watches. And they do that, I think, biannually, but everybody makes like one off and really unique pieces. Um, I think there's what, 25 watch brands making one offs for this for uh, auction off for muscular dystrophy, I think it is. Sorry, it's been a minute since I pulled it up, but what do you guys see? Or in the auction world, on your end. Yeah, no, so, I... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Uh, so I, I think um, the first thing I pull up out of curiosity is, is what typically uh, runs for the most. Um, <laughs> and it's a, um, there was an article by Teddy Baldassar. Shout out to him and uh, the team that he puts together for that. But... He put together a pretty recent list of all the most expensive watches. And I was surprised to see kind of a lot of pocket watches um, hmm. relative to kind of what I would think. Uh, there were, you know, your expected Rolexes and other pieces, but more pocket watches than I anticipated. So a lot of Patek too. I don't know. I, was gonna if, say, I think I saw that list. Isn't there only one watch that isn't a Patek in the top like ten or ten top fifteen? Patek, Patek pocket watch. Uh, well, top, number three, as Hunter mentioned, is the Newman Rolex. Mm -hmm. um, Patek, Patek. Patek rounds out the Patek. rest of the top ten, my friends. Patek, Patek. 
11 is also a Rolex. It's a Daytona, as expected. Patek, Patek. Another Newman Rolex uh, that was sold in 2020 for a lot cheaper, might I add. Um, Patek. Finally, gets the AP. This came out recently. It was a private auction, and I was going to bring private auctions up. Um, the AP Black Panther piece. Uh, it was a Royal Oak that sold for 5.2. Oh, wow. Um, and now, what I are think, your thoughts on private auctions? Um, I, I think that's kind of why I don't know a ton about um, maybe some of the, the auction side of things. But, I mean, it, again, if, if you're going to play ball, it, you kind of have to have the money to play ball. And those private auctions draw in the right buyers. And I think, in a sense, it uh, – that's a good thing for the the watch world that um, the right buyers can get together and make those decisions as opposed to, um, you know, uh, you would say more public, right? Like a real estate sale or things like that, uh, where you end up with usually devaluing uh, certain things and you can get things for a bargain too, I guess, right? So, um I I think the auction uh, system is probably right for certain uh, ridiculous pieces, but it seems it usually I feel like I I'm surprised that I don't see it as often as I see just private sales from one to another that are record high, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, one th- one thing that I'm seeing here on this Black Panther, the the Royal Oak that Will just mentioned. Um, admittedly, looking at Teddy's website, um, in his description, he mentioned that this event was hosted by Kevin Hart. So that's the type of people. <laughs> um, LeBron James was is is an ambassador for AP, along with Serena Williams in attendance of this uh, event. So th- this is the audience we're talking about. <laughs> um, I think That's it's fair. It, it, it seems wild to people like us three here on the pod tonight. Um, but yeah, you know, there, there is certainly an audience for, uh, for these types of pieces um, in private auctions, but also some of these um, other ones like only watches as well. Honestly, I think they way overpaid for it. I'm looking at a selection on Chrono 24 right now for like three to four hundred grand, which is a lot of money, but I mean, a lot less than five and a half million. Let's see. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I just sent the. Sorry, guys. I'll be honest. I'm super tired. I've gotten. I think I mentioned like six hours of sleep per week on the last episode. It's pretty standard. That's my life. <laughs> Um, life of having a kid but I just put in the link for the only watches auctions in the discord and I think it touches based on like what Will talked about with really unique one off pieces that's all this is it's mm. everybody coming together and showing the most creative stuff they can do like uh, the Bulgari Octa Finissimo done in all green marble um, or really unique complications and styles and everything this is what i like about watch auctions is you if you can pull out these really unique pieces but at the same time watch auctions are the reason that rolex date just and 
Patek Nautiluses and standard Royal Oaks skyrocketed in price and outpriced way or outpriced so much in the market. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they're always doing the best for the watch community. Mm. There's just so it's just like you said, it's so one-off pieces though. It's like, it puts the grail piece into perspective, I guess, and uh, you move on. Also, a lot of times, there's, it's very rare for their piece to be limited to one. Yeah, that's very true. Right. Like, it, it has to be a pretty unique situation for the watch to be limited to just the one. And, you know, if that's the case, then I, I guess... <laughs> I can mm. see, but even then, it, it feels like it's easier maybe just to private sell. So, I, I don't know. These are the watch auction set, section of the world feels like um, it's just the absolute limited of the limited, and I'm okay with where they price things. And it again to get to climb out of the the one percent to the point oh one percent watch. Um, it's going to be an exponential jump and that's where you kind of find these. And um, I, I'm comfortable with where that plays. That said uh, a bit of it is kind of like, at what point do is owning this piece kind of min maxing is kind of what I want to use. I, <laughs> uh, you know, I think of like, if you think of um, in, in games where you're trying to like min max your stats or like, mm-hmm. you know, um, cut losses in one area to have the best in a different area or whatnot. Um, at what point does this become more of that and maybe shooting for something you really want? And that's not to say like there's some watches that are auctioned off that are pretty amazing. So I'm not trying to mash on those as much as at what point do you lose the just kind of the joy of it and then start going for uh you know i need this grail piece i used that that term earlier uh in my collection right sorry <coughs> it's all right i had to uh, make sure harper was still breathing um <laughs> it's always a good idea guys having a baby's crazy uh, but no, you're absolutely right, and I, I've, it's I think the same concept of like why people talk about watches as investments. We've seen these prices spike, and so that's what a lot of people are doing is they're buying them, they're keeping them in safes. Same thing people have done with like really expensive cars and art for many many well, years. Yeah, art's outperformed. The, if you're that rich, art's outperformed the S and P. Yeah, <laughs> right, like. By a good margin, it's not really close. Art, the right type of art goes up a ridiculous amount. I, I don't really want to get quoted on it because I don't have the accurate number anymore, but it was so much higher, so much higher than the pieces that you'd expect. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exactly that same point. People are just banking for it to keep growing. And so, they're, mm-hmm. like you said, they're min-massing. They're buying the watches that everybody knows are popular right now that – they think they can flip or sell or will still be. Yeah. Every you know, Daytona valuable. under the sun. Exactly. <laughs> right. Any Rolex right now. Uh, yeah. Versus just buying like, or figuring out their actual style and what they like and, you know, enjoying it. Like you said, I don't know. Hunter, what mm-hmm. are your thoughts? 
Yeah, no, it actually, I'm, I'm looking at the, the only watch collection that you just sent over here and a lot yeah. of un, unique pieces, right? And one could argue, you know, they're, they're, they're so unique. And as mentioned, like many of them are one of one, right? Um, do they, will they hold that, um, that value over time because they're one of one or do they actually kind of like run a risk of being so unique or um you know they're, they're not being a lot of knowledge about a particular piece um that might actually impact its value over time um so that's just something i'm looking at here um also like because they're so unique like it's hard to pick like you can pick a bunch that are like that, that you like but there's also a bunch that i'm like Wow, I de that's definitely not my style, and it's 100% an investment piece, right? You lock it up yeah. in a safe. I'm never gonna wear it, right? I guess I do want to ask since you brought it up, Hunter, yeah. um, and I'm gonna allow our, any listeners. We're looking at onlywatch.com forward slash 2023 collection. Um, that's the yeah. group of watches we're currently looking at. Uh, I gotta ask both of you if you if you had to pick one. The values are all so astronomical at this point, you know, it doesn't really matter. So uh, if you had to pick one for you, not for the, you know. I'm, I'm uh, keeping it, right? I'm keeping I'd it. Love I'm to, yeah, you're it. keeping it. I'd love to ballpark which ones, we can do that after, What uh, which one's going to, we think is going to go for the most. Sure. Uh, okay. Let's see. Um, I was thinking I have my pick that. for sure. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. It was tough, but I'm sure. You start us off, and then okay, that's a tough choice. Yeah. Um, so for me, the one that I like the most is it's uh, Lot 34 Crayon. Yeah, that one's very cool. I oh, adore yep. that piece. Um, With the sunset I, compl sunrise complication? Yep, exactly. The complication's wow. there, but it's it's mostly just dial and um i hope no one can hear that is fireworks outside but <laughs> oh we can all hear um, it it's gonna be hell editing perfect <laughs> that's all i want for you um but yeah I, the complexity of the dial it reminds me a little bit of the starry night sky Ooh, yep. um, which I have a, I'm yeah. a big fan of the painting in the first place. It's got that Aventurine at the bottom, which you guys know I'm a sucker for. So um, <laughs> there are other pieces that contested with it. I uh, really like this lot seven, the Baltic. Uh, there's an that AP Baltic there. Beautiful. Yeah. With the there's, purple, deep purple dial. There's magnificent pieces in here. So I really like uh, even I, I just recently watched um, – Oppenheimer, so the whole physics Louis Vuitton watch with uh, with Albert Einstein in the middle is pretty cool right now, at least. But I feel like it's more of just a fad as opposed to, <laughs> um, yeah, I I can't take my eyes off of the uh, the crayon, K R A Y O N. So. Wow, that's my pick. Hunter, do you have one ready? Uh, you know, my page just reloaded. Yes. Um, <laughs> lot 40, I think, is my pick here. And um, I, I had selected it while we were just chatting here. It's got the blue dial. It's the Ludwig 
Ballard, I think, as I'm I'm saying that properly. Sure, yeah. Um, you would know as best as yeah. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Um, it looks like Brittany Nicole Cox also um, worked on this, but the way that they're just describing it is the upside down blue feather. So every single um, indicator, uh, our indicator, is inverted. Yeah, the um, except, nine and the six definitely makes sense. <laughs> yep. Um, except I noticed the ten isn't, and so I was reading up on that. Um, I, I haven't quite f- found an answer there, but yeah, no, that like the feather on the dial itself and just the texture, I am absolutely loving. Yeah, um, yeah it I think it's a like mono illusion. indicator dial, so it only counts the minutes, and then whatever number is right side up is your correct hour. That is the coolest thing I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, that is a really, really cool dial and an awesome uh, Pretty complication. amazing complication, yeah. That's pretty nuts. All right, love it even more. Um, <laughs> where can I get this? Uh, I think onlywatch.com. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Oh, yeah, and only watch. That auction starts, I think, in November. Like I said, it's for muscular dystrophy research. Um, I think it's like sponsored by the King of Sweden off the top of my head. I don't know. It's got some... A lot of big names behind it supporting it. Um, So all these watches are way out of budget for most people in the world. It's only 60 to 80 Swiss francs. Thousand Swiss francs? Yeah. Yep. Thousand. Yeah. Um, Yeah, We're we're in the thousands here. For sure. Uh, But yeah, no, that is probably one of the coolest complications where they flip it right side up on the hour indicator. Holy cow, loving that. Yeah, that's stunning. And like you said, the feather dial is beautiful. It Everything looks, about it. It's fantastic. almost crazy to look at. Like as you look at it, it changes because of the feathered nature of it, I guess. It um a really cool look. I kind of can't get over it right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's How about you, truly Christian? so many to pick from. Yeah, you uh, got a lot. <laughs> there's some options here. I'm going to do like honorary mention for lot 49, the resins. Um, I think resins is a really cool company. I'd love to see their watches cause they do oil filled dials that like mm-hmm. fully rotate. Um, but I don't know. I would say lot 23 or lot 27. You guys let me know what you think. 27 is the grown field, which reminds me of, you guys are having experiences, I don't think, but uh, tripping on mushrooms. Um, I watched you do it. Yeah, exactly. We had a good time together. Yeah. <laughs> I had a good time. Yeah, you threw a zebra cake at me. Oh, that's sweet. That's love, Will. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> um, but yeah, this like bubble dial. Uh, there's no way to describe it. It looks like you're honestly tripping mushrooms and looking at a rainbow. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. Time only, small seconds dialed, but I, nope. I think I do have to go with lot twenty three though. Yeah, that's my think of the two. I the understand the constant... extravagance of the lot twenty seven, but yeah, yeah it's twenty three. Um, I love a perpetual calendar. I've been and moon mm-hmm. phases are. I've been very vocal. Those are my favorite complications. The Frederic Constant Christian Vanderclaw. I'm probably mispronouncing those. It's, they're spelled weird. Um, Turbion with the like really cool brigade hands, the full planetarium complication, um, and I believe zodiac signs. I don't know, I don't know what's around that. Um, 
planetarium complication. But yeah, really cool piece, beautiful Venturine dial in the background, and then of course an open heart tourbillon, which is always stunning to look at. Sure. Yeah. Beautiful. Time based on this watch, I think it would be almost impossible to tell. I don't think I could keep track of what time it actually is. But I don't know if that's the point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it is either. Um, yeah, those have to be the zodiac said, signs, right? That is also my pick, the 23. Uh, maybe not. I, I'm, there's one. The AP might. The Hermes could pull. No, maybe not. Oh, I am a big fan of Hermes watches, but. What what do you think will go for the most? And I'm clicking through it. I'm there's I'm telling you now, I, it's going to be someone probably with a more notable name. Which, there's a Richard. There's a Richard Beal here. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the, the Richard Beal on a necklace. You don't want to bid on the space time blade. What the? What did you just say, Hunter? Where, Which where one is that? that? Lot, lot sixty from oh Upwork. from our work or your work? Your work. No idea. Appears to be about four and a half feet tall. That is so. Fucking it is amazing. Cool. Uh, it is. All right, Hunter, wow. you have to describe it for the yeah. people because we're we're a visual uh, auditory medium. <laughs> yeah, you know. So uh, imagine Mad Max lightsaber tells time. <laughs> Wow, okay. I was going to say magic wand. You could not have done that better. Huh? No, that that's, was perfect. That's incredible. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's 167 centimeters tall. It's not a watch. It is a glass <laughs> capsule on a bronze pedestal. Yeah. Christian, what is that uh, type of uh, – what did we talk about? It's the desk clocks uh, that I really like. Yeah, we've um, – I think it is the brand that we talked about that makes them. Um, couldn't tell you, but it looks like just a bunch of vacuum tubes, essentially. Yeah. Um, I promise to anybody listening, support us on the Patreon. We appreciate it. We'd love to make better content. Uh, any funds from here until this auction will go to bidding on this or work. <laughs> That's a hell of a promise. <laughs> you know, for, for the cool price of 45 to 80 Swiss francs. Yeah, we're not going to win. Is. There's almost no risk for us. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I can bid right now. The, exactly. The bidding is open. It's incredible. Yeah. We'll throw a franc there. Why yeah. Not? Well, what's the exchange rate? I don't know if I've got a franc to spend. <laughs> um, it's nearly one to one, yeah. Oh, perfect. And then I know a piece wrong. that's gotten a lot I don't of. Keep uh... up with the franc. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think there's. One to one Wait, are they not on the same currency as the euro? No. Or the no. rest of the EU? Definitely not. Good for them. <laughs> it's... Um, as far as the piece I think will go for the most, I think you're right. The Richard meal will probably go for the most. I'm um, clicking through each and every one, and estimates-wise, Richard Meal's at 600 to 800. Yeah. The Octophenissimo has gotten a lot of press, though, with like the okay. marble case and everything like that. So I think that has it going that for it. That is pretty it. cool. But nobody else really has like the, I guess heritage, that the brand name. name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that there impact. is. Wait, what? What lot is Richard? Sixty-two. Uh, okay. Because I do I see a, a Tiffany in fifty-six. Tiffany won't go for nearly. Mm. I like Tiffany watches, but 
I don't think it'll hit. Three fifty to five hundred is that oh, wow. Tiffany's estimate, and Richard's six hundred eight. Wow, that's um, crazy. That said, I'm going to click on this Bell and Ross and assume that those aren't all diamonds. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Okay, <laughs> I need to make sure. Oh, perfect. Uh, the Jacob and Co. Astronomia. 700 yeah. to 750,000. All right, Jacob. Suck it, Richard. Hey. Should have known Jacob was going to win, but <laughs> that's my fault, I guess. So, um, big shout out. I don't see Patek on here at all, and I love that. There is a Patek art piece on here. Oh, there is? I, oh. Or whatever that is. Oh, yeah, Patek. it's an experience Ma- that they're auctioning off. They're not auctioning off a watch. A watch as a tribute. No, it is a watch, but they haven't. Oh. I don't know if they're showing the piece. The first piece of this 30 piece limited edition produced in a unique only watch design version. Yeah, there's no. They haven't shown yet, and there is. Get this, just no estimation. <laughs> uh, All right, that one. Real big but shout like, out, though. Uh, have yeah. you guys seen H Moser and uh, MBNF is uh, <laughs> offering? It's not a watch; it's a concert. Where oh, you, that's cool. Yeah, an art piece featuring MBNF, oh, hosted by H Moser and a DJ with. Uh, so I think it's for like their Pandemonium watch, but I have no idea what that is. But I hope it's just a big old concert. That would make or that would be my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Pay four hundred grand for a private concert. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> something. Let's oh, see. Man. I wonder if I can find a picture of the pandemonium. Let's see. Anywho, I think we got a little distracted and off topic because these are really cool watches. Um, yeah. But Big as far as like min-maxing <laughs> a collection, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I think even when you start out at a much lower price point, I did the same thing. I thought, okay, what are the brands people know that will give me like clout in a watch community? And so I picked up like a Seiko for a hundred bucks and things along those lines. It was honestly probably not doing this podcast that I started looking for watches that I actually enjoy wearing. Yeah, How pretentious of you to pick up a Seiko in effort to get into the watch community? Hey, it's a, I mean... (laughs) I didn't want an Orient Bambino because Orient Bambino seemed cheap to me. But like everybody knows the name Seiko. And even if you're only spending 150 bucks on it. I'm just know, you started with you what, your tag? I'm just, I'm just hazing you because Hunter, Hunter definitely just did that. What did I do? Uh, dive into the watch community by getting a Seiko. Yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah. that's exactly what happened. Don't get me wrong. It's a great Along watch to Tyvex. start with. I love yeah. my Seiko. Yeah. No, I, I, there's, I, I, again, well, I think I it's hard, it not for to, me. hard not to want to feel welcomed into it by getting like pieces that are relatively respected and valued. Yeah. And things like that. But I think you more so than any of us, Christian, have really just gone into exploring what you really like um, in a watch. Yeah. So um, you've, you've, let go of pieces you've gained pieces um you're exploring everything and i I really like that about how you've approached your up to 18 watches currently um (laughs) going for the tight 20 down to 18 watches i had 25 at one point yeah we we gotta get that back up to 20 (laughs) but um i think it's easy to get lost in what everybody wants and forget what you want and um 
as fun as it is to own pieces that everybody likes and there is there's a value to that right there's um yeah for example the seiko always you know it's always going to be respected people will know it they'll like it um it's also those pieces typically easier to service just saying um Mm -hmm. (laughs) at least they're more familiar with it it's not like uh, you come off these kind of one more one-off brands from low and high end, right? And it, it becomes much more difficult. Um, but uh, I think it's important to maybe balance it a bit with just like, just get what you want. Like, exactly. uh, get what you like to wear and enjoy. Enjoy the ride for what it is. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to buy a watch that you just hate. You gotta get watches that are too small and too big, um, and I think those mistakes are okay to make. And it's kind of uh, you know you try so people try so hard to put information out there to kind of prevent you making mistake one or mistake two, um, buying the like cliche designer watch that's in the the department store, right? But mm-hmm. like if that's the watch you like, and you know maybe it breaks on you and whatever, then you learn. Um, but it, it kind of gives you your own experience and own reason on why or why you, uh, why or why not you get into that type of watch. Uh, I think yeah. most people, their only goal when they give out this information and including myself, we just don't want you to hate the watch community or like <laughs> be turned off by some, by having one bad experience. Um, so it's, I think that min-maxing prospect, it gets uh, – you lose some of maybe the negative experience that can build a, an overall better experience. Is there like a brand or a type of collection you see people like going into that min-maxing most? Um, I, it's got to – I think on the high end, it's got to be Rolex, right? Like the goal – and we've talked about this a bunch, like uh, where the Rolex is just so valuable. Yeah, the McDonald's of watches. <laughs> the McDonald's of watches. Uh, it's still a wild analogy, but it is the, the kind of the gold standard, right? And it, everyone looks up to it. Um, it's respected pretty much second to none. Um, it's the piece to have in a high-end collection. Um, but on the, on the lower end, I think it happens with um, – I think you see more um, more people go for like I, I get I'm gonna say Seiko, but I also say like um, kind of the larger Swiss brands and, and things like that that um, may drive more attention, but you may lose out on something. And again, we we talk about it enough, but when you get into the micro brands, there's something fun about exploring into something that like no one has too. And absolutely. um, I think that's, that's where I find the most fun, at least right now. So. Well, do you you feel that way? Oh, sorry. Have to go on. Well, do you feel that way about the Speedmaster? Ooh, you know, I, I love the Speedmaster for a lot of reasons. I think Hunter's right. It is one of those pieces that, it's got the clout behind it as well, but I also just love the look of the Speedmaster, and I think um, the the press, media attention, and all the attention it gets um, has driven that. 
but it's made me really fall in love with what it, it appears to be. Um, we've talked about the moon swatch a bunch and we really enjoy the, the changes in some of the different planets like Mars and Pluto and those kind of dynamic things that have changed that at a much more accessible price, if you will. But those are fun to me. And if, if it can work both ways for you, that's kind of the ideal situation. <laughs> um, but it's, that's not always uh, the case. I think um, we talked about, you know, there's some pretty basic divers out there that are coveted because of their the brand. And again, it is, it'll be an amazing movement. It's going to have great service behind it. Um, it's respected and it'll hold value better than other watches. But um, there's a lot of exciting things you can get into complication-wise. And at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think we overvalue movements a little too much because like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know the movements are pretty amazing, but I am such a dial person at the end of the day that like, or a cool complication, like the moon phase that you just got, I think is super cool. Um, I'm actually a little bit jealous of, if you will, but uh, yeah, it's just things like that that are... Um, maybe prioritized the dial and uh, complication may be prioritized for smaller brands that maybe not are not able to drive that much clout and then ignore maybe some of the, the elitist uh, what am I thinking of the elitist movement that may go into some of these other pieces. Yeah. Like the whole in-house movement concepts that, make a watch impossible to service a lot of places, but you know, you yeah. get that. Yeah, exactly. There's an allure to it. I get it. But like that to me is very cloud driven. Like I'm like, other than the occasional time I see the exposed back. Um, but that's it. Like I'm not never really going to see the movement. I'm going to see the, the dial and the, the complication. I'm going to want to play with that. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, the, the movement drives a little bit of that um, premise of the min-maxing situation and whatnot. And, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Hunter, what are, your thought, what are your thoughts on the, the Speedmaster then? Do you think it's more of a, a clout chase piece or do you, do you like it for what it is? You know, I, I think Speedmaster kind of has the luxury of having so many different um, like options. Right. Sure. And so there's yeah. there's tons of different SKUs to like make it really yours. Yeah. You can still have the benefit of having a, a movement that you're going to be able to service. Not only that, but likely best in class at that. Um, but you can still get a dial that you can really say is yours. Um, and that's yeah. that's one thing that I'm thinking on. It's like, you know, if 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 the dial is what you're looking at day in and day out you better darn love it. Um, and so I, I think that Speedmaster has done a great job with, you know, having some of these collaborations and having some of these limited editions that um, really br- bring the same watch, but a new feel. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Kobe Bryant, same beast, different animal or whatever that quote is. Um, but, you know, I, I think that they're, they're, you know, they're not uniquely positioned, but there's a, a handful of watches in that arena um, where, where you can 
where you can find find a piece that that works for you um, and you don't necessarily feel like you're chasing too much clout um, now there there are still plenty of watches out there that you know do get that hype train and there's like three options out there and there you have it um, so that I, I don't think that the speedmaster really falls in that category in my opinion cool. yeah I mean even the price point for the speedmaster is one thing it's generally a fairly like entry level watch compared for to a luxury. lot of other exactly yeah, for the luxury end yeah absolutely like even further still you can get like hunter said there's a bunch of different vintage ones i personally love the speedmaster reduced it's a 38 millimeter automatic instead of what the 41 millimeter hand wound um and so it gets a lot of hate for being different than a lot of, or like the speedmaster paradigm but I mean, having one on the wrist, it fit, it felt incredible. And it's a lot cheaper because, honestly, people don't like them because they don't have the clout of, like, the professional or the moon watch or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like the look of the reduced as well. I mean, it is yeah. so similar. Oh, it's shit. fine. Okay, you're fine. You don't like it, Will? Why not? It's just too small. See, I think 38 millimeters would look good on your wrist, Will. I I think that's too sporty of a watch for 38 millimeters. Yeah. That I mean, I will wear pretty much any size watch, though. I've I found in any. my time that I like from like I tried on a 32. Mil. Have not worn a 50 millimeter watch. <laughs> I need to go to Vortic and try some some of their bigger watches. <laughs> Like what was it? It was a 32 millimeter Longines hourglass from the 50s. Mm-hmm. I tried that on the other day. Loved it. Cartier Tank right. is a bit too a bit weird for me, but I do need to try on a big watch and see. I'll get an Invicta. <laughs> yeah, that's a big watch, yeah. and it wears big too. There's like it is big, and then there's it wears big. Well, like what is it? My Spinnaker. 50 is 51 and a half millimeters lug to lug that's a big watch lug to lug yeah but yeah, what's the 46 off the top of my head i'll have to check but yeah i mean that's yeah. a big watch that's large yeah Hunter, what size do you generally wear what size do you like you know i i am on the smaller end for sure um and i i think that i i'm probably like a 38 to 42 is like the comfort zone. Um, although like, like once I get above 42, it's, it's not a hard no, but it's like a, wow, I really got to think about this. Um, yeah, but I think it's a function of having a smaller wrist, um, just proportionally. It, it doesn't look, um, it doesn't look quite right in my opinion. Um, That's but fine. yeah, I kind of go for a, a, a smaller one. Um, typically now i i am wearing the uh the casio um i think it's like the dh um what is it called like the, you have the 95w yeah, sure. don't you what's that is it the 95w I'm trying to figure out which watch uh, it's ew5600 ah. now i i think that like the case itself is actually relatively large like i think it's like a 42 maybe even like a 44 
Um, but mm. like optically, the screen itself um, with the luminance is quite a bit smaller than that. Um, and so like just when I'm when I'm wearing it, uh, it, it doesn't feel as large as that. Um, so it kind of depends. Yeah, case diameter is 45 is what, what I'm reading here. Yeah. Yeah, Casio G-Shocks are big watches, but they feel small on the wrist. One of my favorite things about them. Yeah, and I, it might be a function of like the resin band um, as yeah, well. The stainless steel ones do feel bigger. Oh yeah, I, and I've never tried them. I've only ever tried the uh, the resin. But yeah, I'm sure the steel would just feel like an absolute unit. That is a watch I would recommend everybody go try on. Doesn't matter like which G-Shock you like, they make stainless steel versions of all of them now. Uh, if you can find a spot to do it, most jewelry stores will. It's worth checking out. They're pretty cool too. I, I, um, I think there's a there is a styled G-Shock for everybody. Is how I would phrase it. Yeah. So we talked about like min-maxing for investment for price point. How would you guys min-max your collection? So based on like what you like and what you're looking for in a watch collection, you know, anywhere from three to 20 pieces. (laughs) How would I min-max my collection? Um, What's the peak collection for you guys? Oh, Oh, man. No, no cash to think about. Yes, cash to think about. I would say okay. within like your your reasonable budget for you, but you can build you build it up over time, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just making sure to if I need to eliminate Jacob and Co. Now, right? <laughs> hey, you can get the Epic X. They're like what twelve grand? Yeah, that's <laughs> just not over the head with twelve grand, but um, it is a pretty great piece as we mentioned for the value. Um, I would say it's a tougher question than anticipated. Um, if you guys need a minute to think, my like what I'm aiming for in my collect- <clears throat> collection to min-max it is complications. I've I've talked about how much I like complications. I want one of like every type, and then some really unique ones. So like I just got my Moon Phase Day Date. Uh, or pointer date. Now I want a annual calendar. And I mean, back in the seventies and eighties, they were making weird complications. Seiko just released their metronome complication. Like that's the sort of stuff I look for. And you can find in decent price points too. Or weird shapes. I like weird looking watches. So I don't know if I've got a brand specific, but I really can tell you for free. There's two watches for sure. An Omega, Omega of some type. And mm-hmm. that would range a bit. Um, I, you know, I could say Speedmaster. There's a few uh, Seamasters that I really like. Um, so I don't really want to cross that off the list until I do. Um, other than that, uh, definitely, I'm gonna say their their name again. It's gonna just come up over and over. The Zealous Venturing Dial, preferably a Nova. Yeah. Uh, or the Spearfish GMT. Those are the two current favorite ones right now. But I, I mean, I I have to. They, those two, I would be so sure that those two just stay in, including some of the other pieces I have that hold more sentimental value always stay in the collection. But 
those two, a hundred percent would never go anywhere. I, I can tell you that mm-hmm. is the those two are end game pieces for me, um, for sure. Um, after that, I do want to reserve the right of fluidity. Um, to be able to go on the rest of the journey. Um, and you know, if there's a watch that if I, I don't know if I will, cause I really like it, but the, the, the Laco I have, if that one day makes it out of the collection for maybe a different piece, um, I really told you I'm jealous of your moon phase right now. And maybe one day that just phases out. But for me, it's harder to min max with the exception of those two. And, you know, maybe down the line, another one becomes part of that. But, and, and again, I'm going to leave sentiment aside. Sentiment yeah. uh, is, is different. But those two pieces are like the chase has been so almost sentimental in itself um, that I, yeah, those just are for sure in my collection. Um, I could see the Omega maybe changing to a different omega over time maybe say i find a new dial that i like Mm. um and i would just swap that out but i would always for sure have an omega in my uh my set so would you consider a moon swatch the omega uh as a replacement no okay (laughs) but Uh, hey it's a good place to get started a A moon swatch is is currently on the list of pieces that the short list of pieces that uh I would like in the immediate future. Um, but I think we can tip you over the edge before the Zellos drop will. I just don't think you can. I <laughs> getting as close as I did last time too. Ugh. How about you, Hunter? How would you like maximize or I guess perfect your collection? Yeah. Uh, I think the, probably the best way in my opinion, um, to min max my collection would be to go, uh, based on function, right? And so, mm. if I were to, if I were limited to three, then I would go three high ends, right? Um, just because you get quite a few more options, and then obviously, obviously, like the flexibility. Um, so, um, I I don't want to go um, Speedmaster on this one. I I actually want to go Seamaster. Um, okay. Um, just just to kind of get a a bit more. Um, into like the dials themselves. Um, so I, I think yeah. there's there's quite a few interesting uh, dials. Now I haven't I haven't picked one out to, to be fair. They aren't exactly in my uh, market. Um, and now I, I'm sure I can get back to you in like a day and tell you exactly what I would go for. Um, but in terms of like function, um, you know the, the Seamasters have quite a lot to to offer there. And so when I think about um, like I'll call it like my luxury watch or like my going out um, need to impress people watch. I would, um, I would lean towards the Tudor brand. Um, and now okay. they, they have mm-hmm. t- tons of options available, but that's kind of where I would kind of lean in towards uh, some of those complications. Um, so whether it be like the day of week um, complications, I, I I've seen, handful of tutors that have that in particular um and then similar situations where they they have uh, a number of dials that are 
um, a bit more interesting um, than what you can find. Um, yeah. Without without like absolutely breaking the bank um, with a Rolex, um, the sister company there. Um, I have admittedly we talked about like getting into the the watch community by purchasing a Seiko. Um, I have had Seiko on my mind, so it's one of those situations where like I am kind of getting the best of both worlds, where Seiko does have that reputation, um, mm-hmm. and I'm still loving it. I didn't have that like uh, post on wrist regret, um, which is good, right? Um, when when you can find something that once you get on the wrist, you like it. Um, so I would definitely um, kind of look towards um, the Seiko um, slash Grand Seiko option. Again, if I needed to um, be restricted to three. Now, if you told me, hey, you know, you can have up to 10, right, then I would probably just attack those same kind of three use cases, um, but at different price points. Um, okay. So when you when you think about like, affordable luxury i know uh christian was uh recently bashing the bambino um but that would likely be my choice for kind of like the affordable luxury option um and then when we when we think about some of like those complications i again like min maxing it i'm getting a g-shock you know like there's oh there's so many different um functionalities uh that you can get oftentimes for a hundred dollars or less um, and then, uh, weirdly enough, I do think that Seiko does have, um, quite a few divers that I would be interested in. Um, uh, but that's kind of the route that I would go in order to min max that collection. It would kind of, I would kind of ask myself like, Hey, what am I up to today, this week? Um, and then have the watch for that specific activity. Um, and then I, and I find myself doing this cause I have kind of started doing that in my collection. I will switch watches throughout the day um, nice. based on what I'm doing. Um, so I was I was wearing the Seiko at work today. I actually chatted with a coworker about it. It was a great talking point. Um, got to get to know about he was wearing a Seiko as well. Um, and then I was doing some yard work in the Casio uh, later in the day. So that's kind of how I would attack it. Yeah, do you think that's a sign that you've now invested into the watch community and you're part of the club? is if you were switching watches multiple times throughout the day. <laughs> I do that constantly. You know, I, yeah. I think I was uh, I was in it when I purchased a, um, a watch traveling case. Um, Ooh, I need to get one of those. It you is. like a watch roll? Or? That one I don't have either. Yeah, Let I, me I tell like you, they're awesome. And Amazon has plenty of them because guess what? No one else is going to see the watch travel case roll. <laughs> so you can get them yeah, for like 20 bucks. Yep. So I mean, that 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 has been awesome um, to do because, like I said, you know, it, it, when we think about like function or activity based um, watches, you know, you, you're going to need an arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- this is not something where you, you you can buy one or two watches and you're you're good for life. You know. No, you um, get the tight twenty. Exactly. You're gonna need your core tight twenty, um, and you can you can attack the world with that. Um, but yeah, no, I think I, I was generally accepted into the community, um, when I mentioned that I had the watch roll, um, and I actually just purchased a, a watch winder as well. It sits next to my nice. other watch case. So I've got like three watch, 
uh, containers side by side in a cupboard. So <laughs> I, I think I think that's where the addiction um, has taken me thus far. So I, I can't wait to see what the next step brings me. Is it just a one watch winder, or is there room? For more automatics to be acquired. Yeah, you know, uh, after being re-invited to this podcast, I decided to invest (laughs) in the long. Um, And so it it does wind four watches, and then it just houses six others. That's nice. Um, Nice. Pretty slick carbon fiber uh, case. Um, But yeah, no, it's... It's quite nice, and I can hide away the cord. Um, it's actually cool the way that it does it. And I, this is the first watch wander I ever purchased, so it spins for two minutes, and then it rests for six. Um, and it oh, just nice. runs that all day, and it does two, two at a time, so I can individually run them. Um, but yeah, no, I only own one automatic movement currently, so I've got three open slots. Right. All in good time, exactly. I love that. <laughs> uh, well, guys, is there anything else y'all want to touch on? I don't think I've got anything else. Um, that's that's all I have for this week. I I, I think you know. Again, main thought of it: just uh, enjoy your own experience for whatever that looks like. It as Christians, kind of a good example of you. You can. You can sell watches if you don't end up liking them. You may accumulate too many and just realize that uh, this is uh, maybe the, the wrong path. And that's okay. It's a bit more about the experience. And I think it gets lost when you always try to min-max everything. But, um, you know, get what you want. Enjoy it for what it is. And if it fades, it fades. Yeah. Speaking as a group who is fairly active on the watch Instagram pages now, um, don't get caught up in the hype of watch Instagram. Just wear whatever the fuck you like, or do. That's what. We'll, yeah. Get caught, well, get caught up in, up in our, our hype. Instagram. Yeah. Our Instagram. Check out would be our fine. Instagram. Half passed up pod. Uh, check out our Patreon of the same name so that we can bid on that. What is it? The lightsaber? No, they've got a cooler name for it. Whatever it was. Oh um, gosh. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Um, Check us out. Email us halfpastoutpod at gmail.com if you have questions or, you know, if you want to hate on Will for any specific reason. Nope. Um, or do. Yeah. But preferably Christian. Christian's an easier <laughs> person to hate, I think. I'm the one just drinking tequila every episode. Send all and the love Hunter, to Hunter. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, send yeah. all the love to Hunter. We want him to keep coming back every week. So yeah. send him love yeah. and we'll see you all next He'll week. He'll be sick of me eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I refuse. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you guys have a good one. Perfect. Love it. That was fun.